The Bible speaks of several kinds of faith. The two most commonly talked about are believing faith to be saved and justified before God through believing in Jesus as Lord and his atoning sacrifice for our sins on the cross. And the other kind of faith we often think of is what comes after, that new life of living by faith. Over several of the last episodes of Grace and Peace Radio, we've looked at various helps in these strange and uncertain times. We looked at hope, patience, persistence, and God's providence. Today, we'll be talking about faith, specifically that second kind. We'll be asking, what is faith? Where do I get it? What, if anything, is our part? We'll talk about daily faith, and of course, faith and works. Paul wrote to the Corinthians that, quote, We walk by faith, not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5.7 As Christians, we don't just have faith in uncertain times or difficult times. Our whole lives are to be marked by this walking by faith. We'll talk about walking by faith in good times and in difficult, uncertain times today on Grace and Peace Radio. Welcome to Grace and Peace Radio. Grace and Peace Radio is a Christian living blog and podcast dedicated to engaging conversations about applying God's Word to everyday life. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and it's my hope that you will be encouraged and God will be glorified. And with that, let's start the show. Hey, everybody. It's Anthony. It's great to be back. Uh, Thanks for joining me again on Grace and Peace Radio. How are you doing? How was your week? Things here are good. Uh, I had a, a, a good week. I'm very thankful for it. My two classes that I am taking towards my MDiv. I've got seven left now. I finished up my two classes for this semester, finished up church history, and I finished up church administration. And then coming up in the summer, I'll be taking a systematic theology three class, and then also a study in the gospel of John. I'm looking forward to those. Uh, They're shorter semesters. They're only 11 weeks. I like those. I like having more to do with less time, and the semester goes by faster instead of the typical 15-week one. So I'm looking forward to that. But it was really nice to get my two classes done. Today, I wanted to talk about faith, in particular, walking by faith in uncertain times. Because let's face it, these are certainly uncertain times, right? First of all, What is faith? I mean, when we really get down to it, what is faith? If you know me at all, you know that I love going to thrift stores. I love going to thrift stores, junk stores, all that stuff. I don't have a ton of stuff in my house. I have a lot of books, but I don't have a lot of stuff. But I love going to them. I love looking to see, like, wow, I had this growing up. Or, wow, I remember my parents had this hanging up in our house. And, you know, just all these kinds of you know, what was this thing? And, and I love those stores. Well, some years back, 
I found a coffee mug with a definition for faith on it. And it's actually now, it's my toothbrush holder in my bathroom. And it's a, I I love this. It's, It's a perfect definition of faith. It says, faith is believing the word of God and acting upon it. No matter how I feel, knowing that God promises a good result. Let me say it again. Faith is believing the word of God and acting upon it, no matter how I feel, knowing that God promises a good result. That's from the, actually the the mug is from the Biblical Counseling Center in Arlington Heights, Illinois. And I looked it up and uh, they're still there. So uh, they're still doing a good ministry there, apparently. So that's, that's great. But isn't, isn't that a great definition? Believing the word of God and acting upon it, no matter how I feel, knowing that God promises a good result. Martin Lloyd-Jones says, faith is the refusal to panic. Well, where do we get faith? Of course, we get faith from, from God. I mean, in a certain sense, all of us are born to believe in something, right? God wired men and women, God wired humanity to be worshipers. So in some sense, we have this innate desire to have faith, right? Well, where do we get faith? We must have faith, but not an empty faith, like in the ethereal or faith in in fate or, or faith in faith, but we must have faith in the sovereignty and the wise decrees of an almighty God. Our faith in God must have a foundation, a root, a bedrock, whatever we want to call it. That foundation is not subjective feelings, a feeling of faith. That won't work and it won't last. The foundation of all of our faith must be in the knowledge of God. Unless we know God, we know his nature, his character, who he is, what he promises, what he commands of us, our faith will never make sense. Faith not based on knowledge is useless. Even the thief on the cross quickly learned because God opened his eyes to see and to understand that the man next to him was not a guilty man, and certainly not an ordinary man. His expression of faith that Jesus would remember him when he entered his kingdom was based on the foundation that he quickly came to understand Jesus was truly God, truly was, as Pilate's sign said, the king of the Jews. So where do we get faith? We get it from God's word, from the Bible. God gives it to us. Listen to the story of D.L. Moody and how God worked in his life to give him faith. He says, I prayed for faith and thought that someday faith would come down and strike me like lightning. But faith did not seem to come. One day, I read in the 10th chapter of Romans, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. 
I had, up to this time, closed my Bible and prayed for faith. I now opened my Bible and began to study, and faith has been growing ever since. End quote. Unless we are in the Word of God, coming to it as needy, poor sinners who often fear, often get angry, are prone to depression, discouragement, and despair, unless we come to it aware that the Lord is our only hope for hope and only hope for endurance in this world, we shouldn't expect to receive any comfort or strength from the Lord through it. Here's another great quote. This is from Robert Murray McShane. He says, We must not close with Christ, that is, draw near to him, because we feel him, but because God has said it. We must take God's word, even in the dark. We must not close with Christ, because we feel him, but because God has said it. We must take God's word, even in the dark. If we have faith that God will provide, it's God's primary design that how he provides for us is going to be through the ordinary things of life. If we're able to work, then it will be through work. If we have faith God will provide us inner peace and calm, well, we ought to do those things that foster a quiet mind, like avoiding caffeine if it makes us nervous not reading the news or being on social media if those things make us depressed or anxious. Make sure we're getting some exercise and eating right and at least trying to set ourselves up for a good night's rest. In other words, as Oliver Cromwell is thought to have said to his men at the start of the English Civil War in 1642, put your trust in God, my boys, and keep your powder dry. There's a lot of wisdom in that statement. Think about this. On the eve of his arrest, the Lord Jesus warned his disciples that their lives would get difficult. Many would be hostile towards them. And he said, buy a sword, even if it means selling one's cloak to get it. He said in Luke twenty-two thirty-six, But now he that has a purse, let him take it, and likewise his money. And he that has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. Now, There's debate as to whether Jesus is speaking literally or figuratively. Are Christians really to go out and buy a weapon to defend themselves? Only an hour or so later, Jesus would rebuke Peter for using his to strike the servant of the high priest at Jesus' arrest. We could leave the debate for another time. What matters is Jesus' prescription, literal or figurative, to prepare if we are able. We can't have faith in God to provide, say, a job if we're not actively doing all we humanly can, exploring our options, updating our resume to the best we think we can make it, maybe learning a new skill, networking, and of course, applying for jobs. Faith prepares. Even if preparing means setting the table despite not actually having food for dinner. I actually have a story about this from Hudson Taylor and the China Inland Mission, where they did exactly that. I'll post it on the website under the show notes. So faith means preparing. 
But what about when we have no control over something? In those times, God expects us to have faith in him completely. That is, that's faith that either he will do or provide what we need, or he will remove the need, or he will provide us the grace we need if the answer is not yet or no. For example, about three years ago, I suddenly developed tinnitus, which is ringing in the ears, and it's in both ears. So all day, every day, middle of the night, middle of the day, I have ringing in my ears. Now, thankfully, it's not as severe as it is for a lot of people who have tinnitus, but I certainly have prayed to the Lord that he would take it away as just as it can be annoying. And I miss silence. I miss being in a silent room. But at the same time, he has always given grace to deal with it when it gets bothersome. And then I remind myself that life speeds by, and before I know it, it'll be over. And the second I die, I will immediately go from hearing ringing to hearing singing. There's something else to consider about faith. And that's the daily aspect of it. It's like manna in the Bible. Remember how manna, how the Lord sent manna to the Israelites in the desert, and it would only last a day, unless it was the day before the Sabbath, and then it would carry over. But it would only, typically only last a day, and then it would spoil and breed worms. In one sense, we have a lifelong faith in God once we become Christians. But in another sense, it needs constant refreshing. To use a modern illustration, have you ever owned a cell phone long enough that the battery would no longer keep its charge? I have. And if you have, you know how annoying that is. You charge it to 100%, and then before you know it, it's on low power, and you need to plug it in to another power source. That's how we are when it comes to our faith. In this fallen world and in our imperfect state, we're like cell phones with defective batteries. Our faith battery needs almost constant recharging. So we have to be close to the charging source. Now, nowadays, I know people carry extra battery packs for quick charges or there are outlets at mall kiosks, etc. For the Christian, we must spend time with the Lord in prayer and in reading and studying his word every single day. That's our first and primary charge up, if you will. And then throughout the day, as we encounter different situations and we're out in the world and our faith battery gets used and runs down. And that's where praying always comes in, reminding ourselves throughout the day of God's goodness and faithfulness, reflecting on his providence and his love for us, applying the scripture to whatever circumstance we find ourselves in. I love what Corey Ten Boom said. Let God's promises shine on your problems. A quick example. Just yesterday, I realized I made a mistake at work. It wasn't a huge, awful mistake, but it was a big mistake, and it could have meant I cost the company thousands of dollars and wasted at least a week's time of another department. Now, in the past, I would have worried myself sick over it. I would have been sure that I was going to get yelled at and maybe even fear losing my job. This time, I was surprisingly calm. 
Now, I was disappointed that I didn't notice my simple little typo for a whole three months. But I could easily see where I made the mistake. So, I calmly acknowledged it to all the parties, and I worked to see what was needed to be done to fix it. I was calm about it. In fact, I was so calm, I didn't think to pray about it. Instead, I had to remind myself, hey, stop and pray. So I did. I stopped. I thanked the Lord that I wasn't as upset about it as I would have been even a few months ago. And I asked him to help me fix the problem as we went about doing whatever I could to rectify it. And of course, he did. What could have been a big problem turned out to have had an easy fix. That meant no time and no money was wasted, and they could easily use the same work that they had already done. Our faith battery can get charged up by hearing testimonies from other Christians, encouraging one another in the Lord, or by listening to sermons or podcasts, hint, hint, (laughs) reading Christian biographies, and of course, being around the people of God in fellowship and prayer. Now, you might be saying, hey, you said earlier that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, quoting Romans 10. But now you're saying it comes by all these other means. Well, it does. But that's because by in all these other means, we're seeing how God uses and applies his word in others' lives as well. Or we're hearing God's word taught. We see all of this perfectly put together in God's word when the writer of Hebrews cites example after example of those who lived by faith in Hebrews 11. And then, masterfully, and of course it is masterfully and perfectly because he was inspired by God to write it this way, in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, he tells us, basically, go and do likewise. When he says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And then he says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So let's talk about faith and works. Of course, of course we know that the scriptures in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 make it clear that we are saved by faith alone, not by works. However, Scripture also makes it clear that once we are saved, one proof becomes our works, our good works, to be exact, as the very next verse says in Ephesians 2.10. By the way, I hadn't thought of that relationship between Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, and then Ephesians 10. So I'm grateful to the theologian Millard Erickson and his Systematic Theology book for pointing that out. And of course, James drives that point home as well in James 2, verses 17 and 26, where he says, faith without works is dead. Well, let me ask you a question. After all we talked about here about faith, what is the first work we can do? The first work of faith is to act on what we know, to conform our attitude and our behavior to what we know not what we feel. 
In other words, and going back to my thrift store coffee mug, faith is believing the word of God and acting upon it no matter how I feel, knowing that God promises a good result. So before we go, let me close with a few questions of application. What is a good quotation you've heard on faith? I would love to know, so go ahead and share it with me. You can email me at show at graceandpeaceradio.com. How has God grown you to have more faith and trust in him since you first became a Christian? What's your story? What's, what's one time maybe that God tested your faith and grew you? How are you building up your faith in your current trials and situation? In what way are you maybe not doing all you can to build up your faith? Are you reading your Bible and talking daily to the Lord? If so, for how long? If it's 15 minutes, why not get up 15 minutes earlier and aim for 30 minutes? And if it's 30 minutes, why not aim for an hour with him? And I'm not talking about quantity here. I'm talking about quality. Instead of feeling like it's a, it's a rushed 15 minutes, why not enjoy 30 minutes with the Lord? And instead of 30 minutes with the Lord, why not treat yourself to a full hour with the Lord? To go back to Oliver Cromwell's statement to his troops, besides trusting God, what else can you be doing? What does keeping your gunpowder dry look like in your life? Lastly, who can you encourage to help them grow in their faith? And how and when will you do that? One final thought here. Oswald Chambers, I love this quote. I want to share this with you as a final thought. Oswald Chambers says, The life of faith is not a life of mounting up with wings, but a life of walking and not fainting. Faith never knows where it is being led, but it loves and knows the one who is leading. Well, thanks so much for joining me today on this episode of Grace and Peace Radio. Once again, It's a joy to be with you. I'm honored that you give me your time and listen to these podcasts. So thank you so much for that. If you have any comments or any ideas for the show, feel free to email me at show at graceandpeaceradio.com. And I do want to make one one little announcement, one little promo, if I may. Well, I wanted to take a minute to share some news. I I think it's pretty cool. Grace and Peace Radio now has a store where you can order Grace and Peace Radio shirts, coffee mugs, and tote bags. I just ordered mine. I'm waiting for them to come in and I can't wait to get them. You can check it out at www.graceandpeaceradio.com forward slash store. graceandpeaceradio.com forward slash store. Again, thank you so much for joining me today and God bless you. Well, that's our show for today. I hope you'll join us next time as we spend time in God's Word looking at how we can grow in our knowledge of Him, our love for Him, and our service to Him. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, visit us at graceandpeaceradio.com or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash graceandpeaceradio. Until next time, I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and Jesus changed my life.